you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 88 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, your host Bob Chichinsky, here with my good friend Dog Bark 24 my dude. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am doing good, man. Glad to be here as always. And uh, this week, we're going to be covering the one and only Orsinium DLC, the Rothgar Zone in ESO. So this is our first kind of DLC zone, right, dog, of a region guide episode? Yeah, we did a Craghorn, so, I mean, so kind of, but yeah. Okay, yeah, so I mean... Super technical, Craglearn was the first DLC, but it was only a DLC for PC players at the time, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so, interesting. So, uh, definitely, we're gonna get into all that fun stuff, but we do... But we do, of course, have some news and PvP stuff to go over real quick before we get into the episode, so, dogged. Why don't you start it off with the news, my man? Alright, well, first off, we have the anniversary event going on. And we are getting many, many boxes. And many people are getting many, many useless spider pot parts. But very little style pages in comparison. And in case you didn't know, uh, you can only use the spider parts once. And you need to buy something to put them together that costs five tickets. That means at the end of this event, people with literal hundreds of spider parts are going to be of no use whatsoever. Like, they're just going to have to destroy them all at that, at that point. Whereas, at least with the style pages, I can put them in the guild bank and a new player can take them out or someone can ask for, like, the style pages or something. Like, they're at least useful after the event. Whereas, the spider pot parts are not. So, yeah. Yeah, the firepot things, man. I've seen some posts on uh, Twitter that are just like, wow. There's one person who was like, I can now confirm you can only stack the, the uh, whatever, you know, spider firepot things to 200 pieces. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're normal stack size, really, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Like, do you think they were really expecting someone to have that many? I have no idea. <laughs> but, like, the drop rates on those are just insane. Like, I'm pretty sure I've gotten three of them for one box. I definitely know I've gotten two of them for one. So, it's kind of crazy. Alright, uh, next up we have the ESO free play. 
and that's going to be available up until April 26th. Um, uh, one of the things that they kind of put it was like, oh, like there may be some login issues. So we're in order to avoid that, we're going to put in a login queue. And there's already been login issues during this event. So I think it's a bit of poor timing on their part to have a free play event. But then again, it's to go with the uh, hype from, uh, what is it called? The High Isle chapter preview. So I don't know. Kind of seems like a weird time with all the issues and whatnot, but what do I know, you know? Yeah, I mean, they probably had it planned for a while, I'm hoping at least. Yeah, I think it's to go along with the uh, ESO crown sale and the, uh, I guess the last chapter is also on sale right now. I think they're all, I think that was all in the same article, so maybe that's what it's for. Yeah, it it does work with everything. I do miss like the, you know, ESO plus free trials that happen more often. Even though I do even miss back further in the day where the ESO plus trial meant that if you already had ESO plus, you just got like free crown crates or something. Um, but you know, maybe I'm just wishing for days gone by, and I should just be happy that everyone got to try ESO for free in the first place, but it does seem kind of strange the time with the the uh, issues I've had of late. But hey, I know that they also said recently that they've had more people, they've had like a super influx of players recently, so that's been like on top of problems. They've been dealing with super more players, which is like, Still cool, I guess. So that's good. Yeah, the game growing is uh, it's always a good sign, especially for you know future content. Yeah, and I know. Like, I don't know if it was like planned before or anything, but I know New World also did a free play event like a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then ESO did one like right after. So I mean. I don't remember ESO ever doing like a entirely the game is free to play. Maybe I'm wrong. I know that they've had free play events before, but I don't know that like DLCs were also free. Okay, for sure. Interesting enough. So at least they're trying out different stuff. Um, I guess. I mean. If ESO is going to be free, then that's cool. And you could get your friend who, uh, you don't have to be the guy like me that just buys their, all their friends that they want to play ESO the game and then they don't play it anyways. You just have them download it and then, you know, hopefully actually try it and like it. And you won't have to spend your hard earned money on that. Yeah. And I would say you know who you are to my friends, but considering they didn't play ESO, they probably aren't listening to this episode podcast. So there you go. Life is what it is. But regardless, 
Uh, ESO is free to play, so why don't you drag someone into it? Uh, well, it's still gonna be all free to play this next week. Um, Doc, my dude, there is also a new prologue quest available. Am I right for High Isle? Yep, and if you're on the free play event, you can also try that out. See if you know this chapter is something you wanna do, like you know, learn more about. So. Well, there you go. And as always, this is something you're going to accept from the Crown Store. Or you could also go pick up the quest uh, from Jakarn himself, who I believe is, uh, I don't know, he's somewhere. I remember reading about it on Twitter. But yeah, you got options. And it's out there for you to do. Yeah. And as far as High Isle goes, we also got the chapter preview Twitch stream last week. And um, we aren't going to document it entirely because, as always, it's out there for you guys to watch. And, you know, it was very documented what happened. But we will touch on the uh, big parts, of course, of course. And the main thing they did was kind of, as far as the actual, like, high aisle and that physical stuff, they talked about, like, some of the different biomes, some of the characters returning, um, you know, stuff like that. We've got um, one part that I liked about the biomes, like, you know, the sunflowers. I thought that was cool. And of course, um, we have new companions, new, uh, and the main focus of the <laughs> the uh, show there became the Tales of Tribute. So, Dogda, overall there, what were your opinions on that, my dude? I mean, I think the first part was great. I was excited for, you know, what was coming. Especially uh, like the companions. One is voiced by uh, is uh, Laura Bailey, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, so um, cool. Yeah. Um, as far as like the second part was, it's kind of weird. Like these, like they spent a majority of the chapter review stream on the card game, and I kind of feel like the card game should have been like its separate stream entirely, especially with how in depth they went. Um, this part didn't really excite me for the new chapter, and it didn't excite a lot of people for the new chapter either. Like, viewers definitely, like, like they either left or they, they just, you know, lurked or something, because, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm probably going to be a lot in the same boat with you here. It was a, uh, I did like the first, you know, when they're showing it and everything, it did feel... A bit short, um, but yeah, you know, like you said, they focused on the companions. They're both voiced by great uh, voice actors, which is super exciting. The Khajiit Ember, voiced by Alicia Rotaru from Arrow, I believe you said, which I've never watched, so I can't credit to, but people seem excited, so. Yep, you are correct. Okay, well, there you go. And as you said, Laura Bailey uh, voices Isabel, and that is amazing. Laura Bailey, who, I mean, if you don't know, she was the voice of uh, Serana in Skyrim, 
which should alone be enough, but she's also voiced many amazing things throughout um, time. And if you go look her up, you'll be like, wow, I've been listening to Laura Bailey for many <laughs> years. So, uh, yeah. Um, there's that. There's plenty of Zaji coming our way. I'm excited about that. Um, I will say, interestingly enough, I was more excited for Tales of Tribute during the first half of it when they were kind of touching on it and explaining it. And then when they did the whole second half where just they played the game and it was like them slowly playing it but also talking about it, like, man, that really... Not only did it kind of bog down the show, I feel, but it also kind of bogged down my excitement for Tales of Tribute a little bit. Um, but I've had some guildies building me up on it, and uh, I'm still I'm excited to try it at least. I will. I, I'm excited to do the PVE side of it, get through the like achievements and everything. I don't know if I'm gonna be queuing for. Uh, Tales of Tributes matches all day long, but hey, you never know, right? Yeah, you never know. I think uh, one of the interesting things is that uh, I was in uh, one of the discords and uh, there were, someone was talking about like the new trial, and I'm like, wait, there's a new trial coming? And, and then I'm like, of course there's a new trial coming, it's the chapter. And they didn't <laughs> mention anything about the trial. Like, nothing. They like name dropped it a couple times. I don't remember them name dropping. Yeah, it was slight, and it it was also a uh, question in the trivia before the stream actually started. So, well, I I wasn't there for that. So it's the name of the new trial. There you go. It was in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. They. But to be fair, we did say earlier this year that we wanted more mystery, so. Yeah, definitely. We did say Beggar that. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. So let's uh, keep rolling on through here. Let's get into some serial action. So right now... On PC, Greyhost is trucking right along. Uh, we've just restarted the campaign, actually, so we've got some low scores for you. But as far as PCNA, we've got EP in the lead at 7K, DC right behind them at 6.3, and AD at 6K and last. But on the EU side of things, it gets flipped to where AD is in first at 6,500. DC is right behind them at 6,400. And EP is in last at 5,700. So uh, DC's in second in both, at least so far. No DC in last. That's good. See how it goes. Dog, what about Xbox? All right, well, for Xbox NA. Uh, 80s in first with 59k, DC's in second with 48k, and EP is in last with 43k. And then on Xbox EU, EP is in first with 56k, DC is in second with 43k, and AD's in last with 40k. So both AD and EP decided like, no, Xbox, DC, you guys like, you 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 won the campaigns we uh, last month like 
at an embarrassing high. Now you have to get second place. Like, yeah, wow, they stepped up, man. Yeah. Yeah, they were not happy with that performance <laughs> last one. So let's see how it's going on PlayStation for NA. We've got EP in the lead at 58K, AD behind him at 51K, and unfortunately, Daggerfall Covenant bringing up the freaking caboose at 48K. So come on, Daggerfall. Come on. You got to get out of last. We're in second everywhere else, at least. And then on EU, we've got AD at 51K, DC at 50K, and EP at 49K. Wow, that's, that's a pretty close race. That's probably, yeah, that's the closest race we've got right now this month. So, PlayStation EU, you guys have got some good freaking PvP going on right now. I would definitely check that out. And, yeah, that's that's going to wrap up our PvP talk for this week nice and quick. Although, I must say, I've been getting the PvP itch again lately, man. I, I think we're going to need to get some serial action going. Maybe at least... Uh, Earn enough on a few characters to get transmutes for the next uh, campaign's month. Yeah, maybe. We can probably do that. Sounds enjoyable. Alright, so, docked. Let's get into some Rothgar discussion here, my man. We've got the second ever DLC added to ESO. Uh one of the first full big zones. Uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about the good old place of Rothgar? All right. Well, Rothgar is a region situated in northeastern High Rock, north of Stormhaven. Um, Orsidium is the ancestral capital of the Orsimer and is located in the eastern mountainous area within this region. King Kirog has declared Rothgar as a true stone. All adventurers are welcome, but agents of the Alliance War will not be tolerated here. And lastly, there is animosity in the region between the followers of King Kirog, who are devoted to the ideals of Trinimac, and the chiefs of the Orcish clans who follow the code of Malakath. Yeah, so you got a lot of interesting stuff going on in this zone. It's a... Um... As far as the main story goes, very political uh, struggle, which, you know, when you think of orcs, you don't really think of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of cool. Very political and overall just power struggle. And it's a very interesting thing to go check out. Definitely recommend doing that zone story quest if you haven't. It's super interesting. And it's actually a really fun zone to explore. A lot of diverse um, biomes there, as we were talking about, that they talked about for High Isle. I mean, you know, talk about diversity. Look at uh, Rothgar. It's got, you know, just covered in snow up north and get down south, get more of the traditional kind of plains and uh, open lands and stuff. Just really cool. Good stuff going on there. I like uh, going there, even though I definitely don't spend as much time there as uh, as probably the next guy. But who knows? Yeah, I spent and uh, I spent a lot of time in there today. But outside of that, I haven't been in there for a little, little while. Well, there you go. At least some time, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So for this region, dog, uh, how are we looking for guild traders? All right. So as far as guild traders go, they're all in pretty bad places. Orsinium has six traders, and they're kind of like north of the Orsinium. Uh, they're like right outside the gate. I usually go to the Chateau Way Shrine and travel south from there to get there because I find that easier than trying to traverse the city because I'm bad at traversing cities. Mm. It doesn't matter what city of the game it is. I always hate traveling through them. You know what city, uh, not to totally go off topic, but what city I have been hating recently as I started the Southern Elsewhere storyline is Central. Oh, yeah, Central is terrible, too. I hate like, traversing that city. It's the worst to traverse. It is, yeah. But yeah, so we got some go traders going on. This zone also has six striking locales and 17 sky shards. So you got to make sure to go get all those. Plus, there are six doves and six world bosses. There are two public dungeons in this zone. The first one is for Kinda Left, and this is four bosses plus one group event boss. And the other one is Ordicinium, which is five bosses plus one group event boss. Ordicinium has a puzzle that is so frustrating, uh, frustrating to do. Luckily, now that there are subtitles that will show up in text chat, so you can actually look at look at to see what the answers are, and kind of, or you can just kind of guess, you know, guess. But yeah, that I don't like or, or, uh, older Ordicinium, especially trying to get in there on new characters because. I just want the skill point. It's like, do this riddle. It's like, I don't like riddles. Yeah, I've never been a fan of Olorcinium. It's very, very long and confusing. Yeah. Uh, this zone has no Overland group event or trial, but it holds one the one and only Maelstrom Arena. And as the great Fanut Han says... There's nothing like it in all of Oblivion. So. He's not wrong, man. Except for the Vatron Arena. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's in Oblivion. Well, that's different. You're right. I mean, technically, it's in Nern. It's yeah. on Nern. But yeah, the Maelstrom Arena, man. We'll, we'll have our own episode on that. Don't worry, folks. But it does exist here in Rothgar. Now, there are also two dailies you can get from the Rothgar Zone. The first one is your traditional bounty quest uh, found at the bar at the north of Orsinium, where you go kill a world boss in the zone. And the second one is the exploratory quest found at More Cool Stronghold in the north, where you go find something in a delve. And unfortunately, this was before they realized that they should put these quest givers right next to each other. So they're very <laughs> far apart. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Morkul Stronghold, it also has four guild traders there that I think I forgot to mention earlier. And the best <laughs> way to get to Morkul Stronghold is not like the Morkul Plainsway Shrine. You would think that would be the case, but it's not. There's a mountain or a hill or something, and it's awful. Instead, you want to go to the Icy Shoreway Shrine and travel west to get there. Because otherwise, you have to, like, you know, figure out how you get up from the mountain. So, yeah. There you go. 
Tips from the best. Yeah. And then lastly, there's a quest chain with Orzorga, slightly northwest of the Murkolden Forge. It's a little crafting area. And from there, you can get four recipes, which some of the master provisioning writs uh, need to complete. So definitely a good thing to go and knock those out on like your main crafter. Yeah. I remember one of them, I think it's the blood pie. Uh, before there were the bewitched sugar skulls that give you health recovery and tristat. It was one of my favorite things because it gives you like health, something else in health recovery, or maybe it's just health and health recovery. I don't know, but it was a fun one to use for PvP. I tell you that. I believe you. <laughs> That's a good call. So, as always, before we get into the rest of this episode, we want to remind you that we are a part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network, which is absolutely just awesome, and there's all kinds of great stuff for you to find there. So you should go check it out at robotsradio.net. Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside. All right, so, Dog, let's continue into the depths of Orsinium and Rothgar, and uh, why don't we talk some sets, my dude. How about the crafted sets for this region? All right, well, the first uh, crafted set is Trial by Fire. This is a three-trait set. This will give you max health, some armor, 4% healing taken, and its fifth item reads, while under the effect of an elemental status effect, you gain 8,500 armor. So this set really isn't that good because elemental status effect doesn't really happen too often. So, yeah, not really something you want to wear for a five-piece. Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to get your armor resistance to almost cap, so it's not really something you need necessarily. And it's something that you can't control as a buff to yourself. It only happens when you get a certain debuff. So it's kind of risky. Yeah. Then we have the sixth trait set, the Law of Julianos, which is going to give you crit chance, max magicka, crit chance again. And on the five piece, it adds 300 weapon or spell damage. This has been a very meta uh, magic craftable set since it came out, and it still to this day holds true. Um, it's one of the best crafted sets uh, that you could do, honestly. It used to be only for Magicka, and now it also grants uh, weapon damage at the end, plus crit chance uh, you know, for both uh, physical and spell, so... It's just a great all-around set at this point. And it's craftable, so you can craft it in whatever way you want. And, yeah. Go freaking ham. Yep. And then, uh, lastly, we have more Colden. This is a 9-trait set. This will give you maximum stamina, some stamina recovery, weapon and spell damage. And then its fifth item reads, 
When you deal damage with the light or heavy attack, you summon an animated weapon to attack your enemies for 15 seconds. The animated weapon's basic attacks deal 400 physical damage. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds and scales off you at the higher of your weapon or spell damage. Yeah, I remember there's people using this set for a little while after it came out, but it's definitely faded in its popularity. Yeah, I I definitely never heard of this set. Like the the, uh, the most that I know about this set is that it occasionally comes up in my master rits and that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, I think the fact that it's a nine trade set probably just made people like, oh, it's got to be good when it came out. Because there was yeah. only so many sets back in the day. <laughs> yeah. All right, so those are the craftable sets. Now let's talk some zone sets. For the light set, we have Trinimax Valor, which is going to give you Magicka Recovery, Max Magicka, more Magicka Recovery. And in the five item piece, when you cast a damage shield, you call down a fragment of Trinimac that heals you and your group members for 1396 health and damages enemies for 1396 magic damage in a 5 meter radius after a 2 second delay. This effect can occur once every 5 seconds and scales with the higher of your max magicka or stamina. So, this is an interesting set i don't know it's just like a i don't know how good it's gonna scale but if you're worried about healing like then you're probably a healer and you probably don't need help healing especially in this random way that goes about when you're casting a shield uh, but it does also damage your enemy in a 5 meter radius. But is that 5 meter radius around you? Oh, it seems so. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, I. that's not that big then. So, I mean, you would really have to be in the thick of it for to make that effective. So, yeah, I'm going to put thumbs probably down on this one. I don't think there's a lot of people running this. Yeah. I know that I ran that set, like probably like two years ago or something on a on one of my Templars because I would use the Templar shield which did like the AoE damage and it kind of did it with that too. But then I ended up replacing it with something else. So it was very short lived, but yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes with some sets. But hey at least you could say you tried it. Yeah, I did try it. Uh, next up, we have Briarheart. This is the medium set. Uh, this will give you crit chance, maximum stamina, more crit chance, and then its fifth item reads, when you deal crit damage, you increase your weapon and spell damage before, by four... When... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> its fifth piece of item reads, when you deal crit damage, you increase your weapon and spell damage by 450 for 10 seconds. While this effect is active, your critical strikes heal you for 95 health. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds, and the heal uh, scales off the higher of your max magicka or stamina. Uh, I think you've used this set before, right, Bob? Briarheart, yes. It's actually one of my, uh, I'd say one of my more favored sets to use for stamina PvE. 
Although it may not be the most like meta to get the most DPS out of your character. Um, one thing about stamina DPS for me is like the healing factor. Uh, like I really don't like having to rely on like say vigor or something to heal me. So I really like having Briarheart there. It's very, it's pretty much like being on a Sork and having crit surge on. Um, th so it's just gonna constantly heal you while you're doing damage. It's basically just having that on at all time on your Sam character. So it's very helpful in that sense. And I still run it on my Sam Warden, uh, you know, and it's person up pretty high at this point. So chillin'. All right, and then the last set is the Marker of the Pariah. This is the heavy armor set, and this will give you some max health. It's uh, three and four piece will give you some armor. And then its fifth item reads, uh, increases your physical and spell resistance uh, resistances by up to 10,206 based on your missing health. So that one's kind of interesting because it's like as you take more damage, you gain uh, more and more resistances. But at the same time, I think there's some better options if you want to go that route. Like, there's some sets that have, like, a minute or two cooldown where, like, you gain, like, a fat damage shield or you uh, heal for, like, an insane amount or, like, you take, like, less damage for a certain amount of time. So I, pro I would probably give that set, like, a thumbs down. Yeah. Probably. I mean... There's a lot of other, you know, sets that can increase your your armor or your resistances, which, you know, I don't know. I It is a big increase, but once again, it's based off your missing health. So it's like, well, it's only going to get better as I'm close to dying. I mean, it reminds me of the concept of, like, the Ancient Dragon Guard set, where it's like, when you're above 50%, you get super weapon damage and spell damage. When you're below it, you get uh, more health recovery. I think that's probably a much better version of this set that we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Alright, so for the achievements for Rothgar, we have got uh, quite a few... And uh, just right off the top, probably one of the best ones you can get is a gift from Arsinium. Just for visiting the capital city, you're going to get a freaking Echolette pet. And that's just cool, man. They're a cool little creature that got introduced with Orsinium. And um, everyone wants a pet version of it, and they just gave it to you for free. And for all the people who are like, they never give us stuff for free. Hey, man, they were giving out stuff for free like seven, eight years ago right here with Orsinium. So there you go. All right, uh, the next one is Hero of Rothgar. You get the Hero of Rothgar title by completing the following. Uh, Rothgar Relic Hunter, collect all 16 relics. Rothgar Dungeon Slayer, defeat all public dungeon bosses. Uh, Defender of Arsinium, defeat the world bosses in the zone. Rothgar Master Delver, clear all six delves. Uh, Rothgar Grand Adventurer, complete 40 quests in Rothgar. 
and Kingmaker, which is complete the Rothgar Swain storyline. Right, the next one is Rothgar Master Explorer, where you complete Rothgar Master Delver and Rothgar Master Seeker, which is finding all the striking locales. So, very similar to all the other zones. All the delves, all the striking locales, boom. Yep, and next up we have Rothgar Sky Shard Hunter. Collect all 17 Sky Shards. So just like every other zone, you can get that. And then after that, we've got one last brawl, which uh, wants you to grant five elderly orc warriors a glorious death. So yeah, you know, some old orc homies out there that need to be gloriously put away, and it's up to you. Yeah, I feel like that might be a Skyrim reference. Because, you know, the orcs, uh, that one orc was always go around and like, I want, you know, I want to have an honorous death or something. Glorious death, that's what it's called. So, might be a Skyrim reference. Next up, we have a Orsinium Patron. Uh, make 15 donations to the Orsinium City Solicitor. So, next, um, we have the Trinimac Ancient Orc and Malakath Style Masters, which, you know... Yes, that's that's quite a few motifs. So uh those will take some time. But hey, with the Canwater achievements now, uh if you've gotten them on other characters, you know, then that helped you. So there you go. Yeah. Alright, next up you have uh the Rothgar Master Angler. And then you also have another one called Hooking Rothgar's Biggest Catch, which is catch the rare Crab Slaughter Cranefish found in Rothgar. So you have two fishing achievements you can get in Rothgar. So then for the Rothgar Delve Monthly, we've got do 30 Delve Dailies, and then equally we have the Monster Hunter of the Month. So for that, you'll be doing 30 World Boss Dailies. So very typical of other DLC zones. Do 30 of each daily. Alright, uh, next up we have a Froth Rothgard Cliff Jumper. You get to jump off a Frostbeak Ridge and land in the water. And jumping off is kind of the easy part, the landing in the water. That's a bit that's a bit more trickier. Especially if you can't jump straight like me. Like I jump crooked. So I don't land in water a lot of times. Although one time I I actually got the achievement after I died, so that was nice. Then next, we've got the uh, two Maelstrom Arena uh, achievements. So completing it on normal and completing it on veteran. For normal, it's going to give you the Maelstrom Arena champion title and the Blade Master's Mauve die. Kind of a purplish kind of color. Uh, it does look good for what it is, but it's just not really my kind of thing. It's like a maroon kind of purplish. And then Maelstrom Arena Conquer. This gives you the Stormproof title and the Maelstrom Baron Polymorph. So, yeah, 
got that going. And then lastly, you have the Maelstrom Arena Perfect Run, and you complete it without dying or leaving the arena on Veteran, and that'll give you the Flawless Conqueror title. And then that wraps up our achievements for Rothgar. So next we are going to be talking about some world bosses, of which we have a good handful for Rothgar. And uh, this is the big first DLC zone where I'd say they were like, you know what, let's make uh, world bosses significantly harder. Yeah, I can agree with that. I was doing them today, and they can be brutal. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Accursed Nursery. Uh, Ad pulls can be brutal before the boss spawns, so you got to be careful. Uh, once Corinthac, the Abomination, turns into a Lurcher, you've got to be prepared for burst damage output, like, when it turns into it, so... Gotta be careful. All right, next up we have uh, the Mad Ogre's Altar. Um, yes, adds that spawn in during the fight that can be, uh, you know, brutal if they sack damage on top of you. Um, and then, other than that, you have to look out for the boss's heavy attack because that hurts, especially with the other ogres being mean and doing damage. Wraps up that boss. All right, so the next one we've got good old, uh, you know, dwarven name. <laughs> Enter dwarven name here. Uh, Nischuff left. Nischuff left. Yeah. Sure, whatever. So this one is going to have ad pulls that also are super brutal before the boss spawns, so you have to be careful. And when the boss is red and enraged, it will reflect range damage over time. It's back at you, so you gotta be careful not to dot yourself up, because I do that all the time. Also, when it's enraged, be sure to avoid the heavy attack and any of its AoE attack patterns when possible. Alright, next up we have a King Chief's Throne. Uh, the Goblin Boss has a pretty nasty dizzy swing so you definitely want to block or roll dodge that other than that add spawn in and they aren't too bad in comparison of like the first boss or the last boss that we just talked about so yeah all right and for the next boss we've got the poachers encampment so uh this one is definitely gonna have a lot of ads all over now the old Snagara, a chitter boss, can get enraged, so you gotta be sure to avoid AoEs and attacks in general from that boss. And add spawn during the whole fight, but they aren't too terrible, so you just gotta make sure to, you know, stay focused on them. Yeah, the ad pulls in the beginning are definitely harder than the ad pulls in the, like, during the boss fight, which doesn't really make sense, but it's nice. All right, and then lastly, we have the Unfinished Dolmen. This is definitely the hardest of the bunch. Um, ads beforehand aren't too terrible. They can definitely get you if they all group up and stunlock you. So definitely be careful about them. Um, when Zendadu knows the Reborn spawns, it's going to get hectic real fast. 
Um, first, you're going to have Daedric Archers that will spawn during the fight, and those will pop out scams that will explode on you like nobody's business. And if you don't destroy the Daedric Arches, then they will be a problem because when you have 10 or 12 Daedric Arch uh, Arches up, then there's like 10 or 12 scams coming out like every second, and that's not good. Like, yeah, I was doing it with me my companion, and another person, and their companion, and we were like, alright, we're just gonna burn this thing, and we were mistaken. We were not gonna burn that thing. That thing was just gonna get killed. It was just gonna kill us with scams. And then, also, occasionally, Zendunanas will make the sky fall around you with huge AoE, and these, in combination with, you know, the precursor to Blast Bones from the scams, really make things insane. So... Yeah, a lot of AoE damage everywhere. Definitely make sure you destroy those Daedric Arches. And, yeah. Definitely one of the more difficult uh, world bosses. So be sure to get some help with that one. So, uh, as mentioned earlier, we do have a few different uh, style pages going on here in this region. So, uh here are the different ways to collect them. So for Trinimac, these chapters can be found by completing Orsinium daily delve quests. So important to get those done. Malakoth, the chapters can be found in the Rothgar daily contract recompense boxes obtained by completing Orsinium daily world box quest. So there you go. One from only dailies, one from either of the boxes. Not one from the daily dealt, one from the uh, world boss daily. And for the ancient uh, orc style pages, these chapters, or rarely the entire book, are rarely dropped by enemies in Older Sinium and Rekindleft. The Older Sinium bosses drop the bows, books, chests, Daggers, gloves, maces, and swords. Whereas the uh, other bosses drop axes, helmets, legs, bell, and... Alright, so the, you could also get uh, the Rekindleth bosses to drop axes, belts, helmets, legs, shields shoulders and staffs so if you're looking for the ancient orc pages that's gonna be how you get them and so dogged why don't you wrap this zone up for us with the antiquity leads my dude all right well as with every zone you can get a green blue and purple treasure here um you can also get a map of rothgar from merchants with the uh, pathfinder achievement unlocked you can get the Tusks of the Orc Father furnishing from Treasure Chests, Public Dungeons, Monsters, and Urns. You can get the lead for Anvil of Old Orsinium furnishing from Public Dungeon, Old Orsinium, Monster, and Bosses, Haspian Old Orsinium. Uh, you can also get the Malakath's Brutal Might Loop for Malakath's Banner Brutality, also from Old Orsinium Bosses. And lastly, you can get Onyx Accent Stones for the Ring of the Pale Order, and you get that from World Bosses in Rothgar.
And that's why I was in Rothgar today, because I wanted to get that lead, and I did. Well, that's good. At least you got it. Yeah, I also got the Tusks of the Orc Father off of a goblin, so can't you can't get it from just normal monsters. But uh, that wraps up the Antiquity Leads. All right, my man. So uh, that's about going to wrap up the good old Rothgar and Arsinium for us. We don't want to go too much into the story, uh, no matter how old it is, because there are constantly new players in ESO. There's so much freaking content in the game that some people might not even get to Rothgar or Arsinium for a while. So uh, no spoilers here, but highly recommend going to check out that quest line. Even if you don't think it's something you'll be into, it really does get interesting, and I think you'll like it. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely one of the ones I did later on. So, yeah, it's definitely a good one. All right. So, other than that, that is gonna wrap us up for this week. So, dog, why don't you let us know, or everyone else know, where the people can find us? All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on the Facebook of the Red Diamond Creator. You can find us in our ESO PC or Xbox Guild of Ares the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord on our robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you'll find a link to our merch store, to our uh, sponsors, all uh, other cool stuff, eso-hub.com, uh, music producer, everything. And if you go leave us a review... Then we will shout it out to the stars. We did get one this week. We forgot to shout it out, but I'll shout it at the start of the week next week. So it'll make up for it and it'll be better. So there's that going on. And uh, yeah, super appreciate all you guys do for us. Just like all we do for you. Dogged, what about you, man? Where can they find you? All right. You can find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC. All of that. Dogpark24. And for me, it's going to be Xbox, ESOPC, Twitter, and Twitch, all at Bob underscore Chichinsky. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. As always, talk to good old Rothgar and Arsenium. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys go check out that zone. And we will catch you all on the flip side of things. Yep. See ya. wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.